Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fantastic Minute, the show where we talk about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox, one minute at a time. My name is Tyler Boudreaux. And I'm Condra Boudreaux. And we're the Amateur Nerds. All right, today we're going to be talking about Minute 31 of Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Minute 31 starts with Felicity saying, Bandit Hat? And it ends with guns reloading. So at least we get the cliffhanger to, or we figure out that she does not end the sentence on that. She does actually have more to say yes the full sentence is why are you wearing that bandit hat or why is he wearing that bandit hat because as we see in the cut of the film we turn to see ah not ash christopherson wearing a bandit hat how would you get those two confused they're so different i just said the first character name that came to mind it wasn't that i like how it was ash and not like mr fox or something at least it was this movie yeah True. I could have said uh, Jason Schwartzman or something. That would have been worse. Luke Skywalker, you know. Turn and see Luke Skywalker wearing a bandit hat. <laughs> we Mark Hamill would be very good in a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, yeah. I was actually watching a movie last night that um, had Wes Anderson, or not Wes Anderson, Luke, uh, Mark Hamill, Patrick Stewart, and Shia LaBeouf, and Uma Thurman. It was crazy, the what cast. What movie was this? <laughs> you, you tweeted about it. I don't remember what it was. This was Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. It's an old studio, um, old Miyazaki Studio Ghibli film. Okay, and this is the English dub. The, the English dub, yeah. Yeah, okay. it was really, really good, though. Um, I hadn't seen it before, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, I just watched Mark Hamill in Brigsby Bear, which what? was uh, an independent film that Kyle Mooney of Saturday Night Live made in which Kyle Mooney plays a man who was abducted as a child and lived in like a bunker with his two parents. And one of the one of the fake parents that abducted him is Mark Hamill. And the fake parents made a TV show for Kyle Mooney as he was growing up called Brigsby Bear and so he's the only one that's seen this TV show but he thinks that it's like or to him it's like the most important thing in the world so when he gets out and he realizes that not everyone else knows about it it's like a big thing and Mark Hamill does like the voice of like all the characters in the show basically interesting well and yeah obviously Mark Hamill's playing a bad guy in that like a bad man not like a bad guy bad guy because it's not is not like the Joker and that's also a thing that Mark Hamill plays. So yeah. he can play he can play a straight up bad guy and he can also play a person who is a bad man but not the antagonist of the film. Mm-hmm. And I the basically what I'm saying is the the humor that Kyle Mooney does a lot is a kind of an off kilter is this funny humor which is similar to Wes Anderson, not the same, but it, there are similarities to Wes Anderson that I think Mark Hamill in this movie proves that he could pull off a Wes Anderson movie. All right, we're back to Fantastic Mr. Fox now. Um, okay. No, I I definitely could see Mark Hamill being an interesting character, even if he was a bit kind of thing, like the way Bill Murray can be in a lot of, in a good chunk of Wes Anderson movies. But you have, where, where were we even going with that? Oh, so, so Christopherson is standing in the doorway of this stairwell, and he's got a bandit hat on fully, which doesn't make much sense because Kylie and Mr. Fox have not been wearing their bandit hats for a while now. Yeah, but as Mr. Fox says, his ears were cold. Do we believe him? No, because bandit hats explicitly don't cover your ears. 
Um, that is a very good point, and that is why uh, Mrs. Fox, Felicity Fox, says one of the greatest lines in the whole movie. Maybe one of the greatest lines in Meryl Streep history. Um, probably. It's, I don't know, it's hard to pick between Meryl Streep lines. It can be a real Sophie's choice. Oh, wow. Wow. Ooh, that was a Meryl Streep reference. <laughs> that was a Meryl Streep reference. It can be a real Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> oh, this is this kind of podcast today. Uh, I'm Mama sorry. Mia, here we go again. I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> Tyler must be stopped. <laughs> Hashtag uh-huh. stop Tyler 2K18. <laughs> uh, what's another Meryl Streep movie? <laughs> Devil Wears Prada Into the Woods. Oh, yeah. I like Devil Wears Prada. That's a really good movie. <laughs> it's got the tooch in it, Ty. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so she delivers one of the greatest lines in movie history, which is, if what I think is happening is happening, it better not be. And the most dramatic lighting and side turn of the head and zoom in and camera zoom yeah i was forgetting to that you're so impatient no it is just one of those amazing iconic shots from the movie that it really it really has a wes anderson vibe but also it's just so funny and is a very usable gif it is such a usable gif um i've i've used it on many an occasion i think that gif only rivals uh, are you cussing with me? I use that one a lot too. From back from uh, Mr. Fox and Badger's conversation. My thing with using gifts is I find that there's a who's line gift for everything, and if there's not a who's line gift for everything, then that it's not it's not a giftable moment. See, I'm that way, but with Disney movies, I have <laughs> hundreds of Disney gifts that I use because um, I can think of exact scene I want, and I'll just type in like. Like Aristocats spinning old lady scene when I what <laughs> the amazing owner of the Aristocats uh, has this really flawless moment at the beginning of the movie where she's like in her like long fluffy scarf and like got her full length robe on and everything and she just spins in front of a mirror and just looks absolutely fabulous. So I feel like I use that gif a lot. Same with Pascal from Tangled sticking out his tongue. I use that one a lot too. I don't use a lot of gifts, mostly because it's hard to find the one I want when I want it. And I can also make gifts too, which is pretty fun. Oh, coolio! I'm fancy. What? What? Do you think you'd be able to make a video of an ice cream truck driving around, but instead of the ice cream truck song, it's Darude Sandstorm? Oh my gosh! I saw your tweet about this. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing. No, um, I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be true. I mean, I could make that for you, Tyler, but I would need a bit of better software on my computer to do that. Okay, so after we get the if what I think's happening is happening, it better not be, we get like a little cutaway to the outdoors. And I, I think we even like, I think it's even cut away to the extent that we get a little break for laughter. Yeah, which makes sense because honestly, that's that, that line is, it needs the space after it to really sink in. Yeah, but of course, it's not a sitcom where like there's a live studio audience, so the laughter is built in. Which makes some people uncomfortable. I think it works because I'm used to sitcoms. I think sitcom laugh tracks are interesting because I don't know if you probably know this, Tyler, but I don't know how many of our listeners know this. So a lot of the laugh tracks used today still in sitcoms were recorded. Are dead people? Yeah. Were recorded back in the uh, 40s and 50s for I Love Lucy. 
because they had the live studio audiences then and they just recorded them and they were so genuine they were such genuine laughters and it was so pure and just like so spontaneous that they still are using these laugh tracks today because they can't record such genuine laughs any laughs anymore um and there's some very distinct laughs in the back of some of them and you're like oh well that's an old one kind of thing so anyway yeah we get kind of like a boring lead up we kind of set the scene it's not that it's boring but it's just kind of silent and slow we kind of set the scene of we see bogus munson being like hiding in a bush and then we slowly see fox and kylie coming out and then Fox says, like, thanks for covering me next time. And then there's a rustling in the bush. Wait, 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 wait. That thanks for covering for me, that is the most dry sarcasm you will ever hear. It is, oh, yeah, that's it is pure so, Fox sarcasm. Yeah, no, it's super, like, you just made it kind of sound like it was like a thanks for covering me. But no, Fox is, like, seething and sarcastic and ticked at Kylie. And it's like, are they going to stay friends? I hope so. Uh, my thing with that moment is he says next time, implying that he's planning a next time. <laughs> you know, probably smart because he's been so terrible at keeping like track of what, all the lies he's telling Felicity and just generally butching his coming home. Yeah, so it started out being a one last job, and then it became a three-part one last job. And now he's finished this third part, and then it's like, what are you going to do next? Steal some more squabs? I mean, he could do that. He technically hasn't hit all the farms in the community yet. So Yeah, but Bogus do- Bunsen and Bean are like the big three. Yeah. That's like being like, I'm going to rob a McDonald's, a Wendy's, a Burger King, and a local hamburger store. I'm not going to actually do that, though. That was just an example. I'm not going to rob anyone. Sure. Except of, except of their time. I'm going to rob them of their time by listening I, to this podcast. I mean, that's basically what this podcast is right now. Uh, and also in the background, there's like an acorn-shaped lamp. The lamp is right above so the door. cute. I want yeah. a lamp like that. So the light fixture bit where like the glass would be in the bulb is the cup. And then the little cap is... The, like the fixture of fixing it to the tree and it's so cute and it was so, yes. it was funny when we were watching it you like pointed it out you're like oh that's a cute light and i was like that is the best i think every household needs an external acorn light especially a tree house that zoom in of the tree in general though was really nice it just it had a lot of detail to it and it wasn't necessarily like complex or anything but it just showed the skill of the crafters that created that tree and really just gave you a zoom into this world that we're absorbed in yeah i like the tree the tree is very detailed and neat looking i will say it looks a little fake but for instance when we're in the interior of the house it looks real like the little like kitchenette we see because that's a lot easier to hand make a mini tea cozy and like teapot and that kind of stuff versus a tiny tree. Like, yeah, picking no, that I'm out not, of clay versus... It's not a complaint. It's just a comparison, really. Um, I really liked the interior of the kitchen. The The tiles, there were, there were like, tiles, like, up to, like, their heights. And then there was white paint above... Or yellow paint above the tiles. 
but the tiles had like yellow in them just like like light a light yellow tinting on them and it, that was masterfully done and i i have a lot of respect for that mm-hmm. because that, they they could have just made a tiled thing no i think that was a very beautiful detail in the decoration and they it they just plan it out so well and i don't have my book today but i know they talk a bit about the restaurant or oh my god kitchen wow uh they talk about the kitchen a little bit and then just the set design in general and the the colors they pick are all very very rural and very agrarian and they just they, very, it's very autumn very spring <laughs> Well, I I'll, I will give them credit for the tree. Is that it's an it's a nighttime shot, which makes it look a little. You can hide some of the inadequacies in a nighttime shot. All right. Do we want to move on to the shooting now? Yes. So, Mister Fox, like, hears the farmers rustling in the bushes, and then we see some wind happening, and then he smells them, and whoa, we also whoa. see his radar ears. Whoa, 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 whoa! The wind specifically shifts. In the middle yes. of this, so they get, they leave the little they leave the treehouse. They're standing out there. Kylie's or Kylie and Mr. Fox are talking, and then Mr. Fox stops mid sentence because he hears something rustle, and then he kind of focuses in and zones in like you imagine a predator would when they're stalking prey, and all of a sudden you get this shot of the trees blowing in one direction, and then they stop and switch to blowing in the other direction. And then you you kind of it's a visual cue that <laughs> that it's time for Mary Poppins to return. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, not only that, that Mr. Fox can smell them. Yeah, and we also get the the little radar ears bit where we we see his ears twitching, swiveling, which is a thing that certain animals' ears can do is like swivel from like facing forward to facing sideways, and we hear like little radar noises, which is a which is an audio cue for the the audience that that's that's what he's doing is he's using his ears in a way that we're not humanly familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then the sniffing ends with three little rondels above Mr. Fox's head or little thought bubbles. Uh, superimposed Super Im- shots. Yeah, superimposed of an apple, a turkey. I'm trying to remember what they were. I didn't write them down. For Bean, it was an apple. For whichever one's a turkey farmer, is it was a turkey leg. And then th- whichever one eats donuts, it was a donut. Bogus. Is I think turkey. Bunce eats the donuts yeah, and Bunce. Bogus makes the turkeys. Yeah, yeah. Or he does chickens. He's a chicken farmer. Uh, yeah, whatever. Whoa. I don't care about the minute details. This is just a minute-by-minute minute podcast. Excuse you. That's <laughs> what I do. I just didn't take any notes for this minute. So you get those three little superimposed rondels images of the different things, and Mr. Fox all of a sudden realizes all three. And that has become probably the most used phrase from that movie in our house. We- well, other than... Uh, okay, okay. Oh, that is true. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Don't just say okay. But yeah, anytime there's three of something, we tend to say all three, and then just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I kind of don't like when we say that. It kind of bothers me. Why? It's like a pet peeve of mine that I don't really like that quote. Wow. You're just betraying Sorry. our family. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. Dishonor on your dog. I mean, any... Any other quote from this movie I'm kind of down with, but that one's, like, so, like, inaccessible. I don't think so. 
It, I don't know. It's just it's just a personal thing. It's, it's like not 90, really like it's like a ninety four kind of thing or some random number from like any movie kind of. I don't know. I feel like it's yeah. kind of like long time or ninety four from Star Wars. Yeah, but Star Wars is Star Wars. People pour over every single line of that movie. That's okay. People who do it for Fantastic Mr. Fox are just seen as crazy. Yeah. And, you know, that's not unjustified. <laughs> wow. Way to call your sister crazy. I call myself crazy, too. Does that make me crazy? Probably. We So basically they shoot him. Yeah. And it's rapid fire. And Kylie and Mr. Fox seem to get out of the way. There's some... Yeah, they kind of run in circles for a minute, which is kind of funny. Yeah. It's interesting to think about the kind of guns they wield. Not that I know anything about guns, really. But it's just like, Bogus, who is this very large man, has this large shotgun, and Bean has a pistol. And honestly, I couldn't tell what Buns had. It kind of looked like he had another pistol. I did not look at the types of guns for each farmer. I know one of them had a shotgun. That's Bogus. Yeah. Um, uh, is it? ever established which one of them actually hit him because we do see fox's tail come off in this minute we do okay i wasn't sure do we see it in in the act of it coming off or just bean pick it up yet uh bean doesn't pick it up yet we just we when they're shooting and fox is running around we see his tail come off all right i didn't notice that when we were watching it um but that's a cool continuity kind of like they easily could have not shown that and gotten away yeah it could have been like a twist where like Oh my god, my tail isn't there. Yeah, but the viewers see it before, and that's interesting. No, I don't know if it's ever... I don't think it's explicitly addressed, but I think because Bean is the quote-unquote leader of the trio, that he would have the rights to claim it. Yeah, he shot the tail off the cuss with a fox shooting gun. (laughs) Nice. Um, As we'll get to later. Yeah. Speaking of shooting and violence and whatnot... I did promise our listeners a brief overview of Roald Dahl's uh, military history in the last episode, and I did some light researching. And so he was in the Royal Air Force. Uh, he joined fairly early on, before, like in World War II, um, 1939. He trained, he was ready. Um, and he fought quite a lot, actually. He fought in areas around Egypt, and while he was there, he um, couldn't find a landing zone. So this was in 1940, uh, September of 1940. Uh, He was doing a mission, and he couldn't find somewhere to land, and he ended up, he did a force, an emergency landing in the desert, and crashed, fractured his skull, was temporarily blinded, but managed to save himself, which was amazing. And he passed out, bur- like, away from the burning wreckage. And then f- went, was able to find a, a first aid post and was discharged. He, he got better and um, regained his sight and was able to resume flying. And he continued flying throughout the war in some pretty significant battles in Greece and over Greece. And... Eventually, he evacuated into Egypt, and then he ended his career, really, in 1941, but even though it was only a couple of years, he had a really significant time and um, was quite successful in his endeavors. 
despite the crash and everything too and he writes a lot about that in his adult works one of his first works that he ever published was about his experience like being blinded and crashing and quite he was quite open about his military experience despite some of the horrors that he faced yeah this is all the man who wrote james and the giant peach charlie and the chocolate factory you don't realize some of these old british dudes what what they've gone through even the even the ones who just had to like live through bombings in london you don't like some of the beatles i think lived through that or uh roger waters and i know we talked about like christopher lee and a mill last time but i was just thinking like tolkien and c.s lewis like they were in world war one and like tolkien has said in interviews and stuff that the lord of the rings is not directly about world war one slash world war two but it's very reminiscent of it so clearly like something happened i don't know if c.s lewis was ever ever fought but i know tolkien did he was in world war one but just it just to continue i know i promised our listeners that i would give a brief history and the fact that he went through such a traumatic experience and lived in world war two at that time and where he was it's just incredible it's interesting to think about how people can turn around trauma and creative create from it it's it's something i mean we still see today yeah i mean creation comes from lived experience that's how it works well all right should we wrap it up sure any other things you had I didn't take notes this minute. Uh, I just wanted to say that it's the full moon and we're, oh. we can wrap it up. Oh, there's a full moon in the minute. Is that yeah, what you're referring full moon. to? Yeah, there's full moon in the minute. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, we didn't mention that before, but that's pretty cool. There's that note of passage of time. Or at the very least, it's like, just like, I feel like in all like movies, it's just always the full moon. I mean, full moons are particularly bright in spring. Yeah. And in the fall, like in Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, I feel like it's always full moon. Well, I mean, that's the premise of that movie. Like every night it's the full moon. It has to be, though, because it's about a (laughs) were-rabbit. Yeah. Okay, that was Minute 31 of Fantastic Mr. Fox. We're going to call it a day. Uh, If you want to follow us on the interwebs, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, The show's handle is at Amateur Nerds. My personal handle is at Tyler Booty, B-O-U-D-Y. We, you can also email us with your thoughts, theories, headcanons. Requests to be a guest. Fan fiction on Fantastic, Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. I'm still waiting. Wait, is it, is it Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox minute fan fiction or is it just Fantastic Mr. Fox fan fiction? You know, I'm not too picky when it comes to my fan fiction, not going to lie. But if you've got something really good, we'd be happy to share it with the world. Um, or at least our few listeners. Uh, so you can email us at amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. And you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere you find podcasts, no, except Stitcher. No, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're not, not on Spotify, too. So Not, not anywhere you can find podcasts, Go- but the usual places you can find podcasts. We are on Overwatch because that's what I use. Okay. So you can find us on the internet and you can catch us next time for minute 32 of fantastic minute i've been tyler boudreau i've been Condra, and we hope you have a fantastic day fantastic